Well, on Rebuilders today, we are joined again by Terry Walling. Uh, Mark, what do we explore today? It's a corker. Oh, uh, yeah, we went uh, with cracker last time. Cracker this time it's a corker. A corker. Um, I think if you're a leader who is feeling in the last season, at this time, a sense of isolation, a sense of floundering, a sense of what I used to do isn't working, a sense of well, am I doing the right thing or am I in the right position? I think all of these things, and you find yourself in a culture which is also asking those questions. I think today's episode's for you. We talk about what is it to be in a leadership transition, a period of wilderness where you know God's going deeper in you, but you don't exactly know how to work your way through it. So today is all about that. So I just encourage you to grab a pen, take notes. Um, I think you're going to find today really, really helpful. Yeah, and if you um, want links to anything that we mentioned or a list of the resources and uh, books that we talked about, you can find that by subscribing to our mailing list and heading to rebuilders.co to do that. Hi, welcome to Rebuilders. My name's Liddy and I'm here with Mark, Daniel, and again, Terry Walling. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome nice back. to be back. Welcome nice back for back. another episode. Yeah. Last one was a cracker. Mm. Does that mean good? I think yeah. it was yeah. good. Cracker yep. meat. Cracker. Yep. Yeah. 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 I don't know where that comes from. Could Does be anyone know? Saltine cracker. And then, so it then was a belter. A belter. Yeah. It was, it was a, a cracker jolter. Remember yeah. Cracker Jack? Yeah, I do remember Cracker Jack. Wait a minute. Cracker Jack is that American, you know, baseball, Cracker Jacks. Yeah. It's all a, of that. I think it's a different thing. It's about lawn bowls. Lawn bowls, yeah. Um, which I don't think you have in America, lawn bowls. We don't have lawn no, bowls. Yeah. You don't have lawn bowls? No. Oh. They've got oh. bowling bowls. There's several things in the British Commonwealth we didn't import. Yeah. Lawn okay. Bowls are one of them. Yeah, yeah, that's a real shame. A sense of decency. <laughs> Of, correct, of correctness. <laughs> Let's play a game for four days, a match, and have Five. no results. But we did it in a correct way. If you're talking Sorry, about cricket, cricket fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm on your I'm team. Picking, I'm not about cricket. Um, it's actually five days. Forgive me. I'm just to correct you. Five days. And you do that several times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you bring out a tea card in the middle. What? Yeah. Okay. I don't. Is that still I gotta a get thing? off of that. Oh Surely. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have drinks. They have yeah. drinks. Yeah. Drinks, but not. They have their lunch break. Like yeah. 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 There's lots of breaks. Yeah. Forgive me, yeah. Brits. I have sinned. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's a sport based around tea drinking. Mm. Yeah right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. I like it. Just for the record, I like cricket. Oh. So. You like cricket. Is there a reason why you like it? <laughs> Oh, look, if we're going to go there, I think I particularly like test matches, which is the five-day right, match I do. because it is often in Australia it's played yeah. over the summer break, which is just the time of year where you kind of relax and you can kind of – it's a bit of a background sport then. Yep. And you can have it on the background, have some mates around, chatting, having a beer and kind of watch – you're kind of watching the cricket but not really. Right. Um, and then a wicket happens every two hours. Yep. Everyone cheers yeah. and then you kind of go back to what you're doing. And those are the very things that drive an American crazy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Although <laughs> a sport played in the background, come on, mate, what are we talking about? And that yeah. you can have it on all day and maybe there's, mm-hmm. you know, pick up two wickets. I mean, I tried. I really did. It really. was actually big in America for some time. Mm. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, I think my cricket historians can correct me, but I have a feeling the first international was in America. Wow. Like, and I think there could even be like quotes from the founding fathers about how American 
cricket is and stuff like this. Like, yeah. Huh. Wow. It was big for a while. Interesting. Here's a question. There I Have go. Have you heard of rounders? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because that's, I feel like that's kind of baseball-esque. It is. Like kind of cricket-baseball mm-hmm. hybrid. Yeah. Together a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but, you know, God's sport is baseball, and so American <laughs> baseball. So that, I, I reinterpret everything through, through that, that lens. lens. Okay, mm-hmm. I just wanted to. I will say, I've uh, they're having, all, they're having been, all shut down now. They're not listening yet. Having been to the States and been to a baseball game, there's a lot more. They really have to, like, pump up the entertainment to make it interesting. Ooh. A baseball game? Ooh. Yeah. I, that was that, like, T-shirt cannons and hot dog cannons, and it was a whole thing. Daniel? Look, uh, this is my, as an Australian <laughs> Be observer, careful. Just observer, you just, just wanted to see that because you're such a cricket fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lydia and I are watching a uh, war here brewing yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. between cricket and feel, baseball. It feels like a I'm not insulting. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm trying. I'm yes. trying. Yes. I started it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, uh, there's there's some sports trivia yes. for all of you sports yes. fans out there. Uh, but today's episode. <laughs> that, what a smooth transition that yes, was. Speaking of transitions, we are going to be digging into something that is very dear to your heart and mm-hmm. um, something that we've chatted to you about before yeah. and this notion of, of leadership, transitions and contribution. Right. Mm. These, these three areas um, and, yeah, I guess it would be great to start by hearing from you what you're observing mm. Um in leaders at the moment, particularly ones that are reaching mm. a point of being in transition and trying to figure out what it looks like right. to what what do you need to do next? Yeah. What what happens yeah. next? Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I never it's one of these things too. Some of you are, are wondering, oh, so what's my, you know, contribution or whatever? I never really thought this would be it. Yeah. Okay. But having studied under a guy named Bobby Clinton, he wrote the book, The Making of a Leader. I was part of a research study of, of four to 5,000 leaders and their lives under the premise that God shapes and molds leaders. Um, how does he do it? How do we join with him in it? Mm-hmm. Um, that started me down a search of trying to help us who are trying to live our lives according to how he shaped us, figure out what he's doing so we can join him as mm-hmm. opposed to getting caught by every fad and every new way of uh, describing a leader. Mm. Anyways, all of that started to reveal the fact that one of the most important moments in the shaping of any individual's life, any Christ follower's life, but in particular leaders, is the Mm in-between. And in the in-between, if you've listened to some of the other podcasts, God does some of his most important work. Mm. The problem is we want out because we can't control that moment, Mm. but God wants in. Mm. Yeah, And that in-between moment, you don't know where you're going. You know you can't go back to where you've been. Mm. If you think about it, it's not just a description, though, of us individually. Since the COVID pandemic, it's really been a description of us collectively. Mm. In some sense, we've been in a global transition. Mm. And I'm not just talking about the culture. I'm talking about the church, I think, Mm. where God is actually starting the process of doing something different. Mm. Not different in terms of not linked, but different in terms of advancing our understanding of who he is, Mm -hmm. how he wants to live out Mm. um, his purposes, and how in the changing context, leadership looks, Mm. church looks, everything. Mm. Uh, Some of you have read this, but 
I read a book, Great Emergence, Phyllis Tickle. Basically, she talks about the 500-year period. With the last 500 period, we had a major move of God, Reformation, 1517. Oddly enough, 2017 starts the brewing of, you know, the potential transition. All of that to say, I've been coaching a lot of leaders and mm. global transitions often put leaders into personal transitions. Yeah. Because mm. they're charged with the difference between a leader and a follower's perspective. Mm. So leaders oftentimes are sometimes out in front of or feeling what's happening more than the followers feeling mm. it because they are charged with the responsibility of leading God's people forward. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So... Transitions in and of themselves are huge. Um, really, the way to navigate a transition is to lean into it and get all you can out of a transition. Mm -hmm. Quit fighting God. Mm. You're not going to know for a while where this is going. Mm. This is not a bad weekend that you've had. Mm. This is actually a period of time when God starts to rehearse your values, heal some of your deep wounds, bring you to a new sense of understanding of what it is to be a leader, mm -hmm. ac according to who you are. And he starts giving you hints of where this thing's going. Mm. All that happens in a transition. Mm. So here's the point. Three months to three years sometimes of transitions. Everybody mm. loves to hear that. <laughs> they take some time. Mm. And being an American, we hate that. We want instantaneous. We want immediate. We want you know, formula. All of it helped me navigate um, here's what you've got is actually as you lean into a transition, you begin to recognize that God is doing a deeper work within you. Mm. And another way I say it, what got you here was really important, but it may not take you there. Mm. Yeah. So you're going to need some new ways of working through, understanding, and aligning with uh, God's important work. And when you study lots of individuals' lives who try to live their life, you see three major stages in our development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And each one is preceded by a transition. Mm -hmm. So 20s and 30s, you see a awakening transition. Mm -hmm. How am I going to live my life? What's the direction? 40s and 50s, you see another transition I call the deciding transition. Mm -hmm. Of all the things I do, what am I not going to do? Mm -hmm. How do I start to understand my part mm. in the bigger narrative versus doing everyone's part? Mm. Yeah. And you can see sometimes that holds leaders back. And then the last one is the finishing transition. Mm. And in the finishing transition, how do I discover what now I have so I can hand it off to somebody other, mm. uh, um, somebody else, and that's legacy. Mm. So all of that, that's a mini crash course, probably too much, but it gives you this realization that if we're going to go to a new place, then God's people and his leaders need to go to a new place in our growth and development. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. And we're not going to be able to lead tomorrow in the same way we led yesterday. Mm. And it's not just because the context change, it's probably because God's doing a deeper, greater work inside of you as you minister into that context. Mm. Mm -hmm. So a lot of attention gets put on the context mm. and a lot of the internal gets almost put aside thinking I'll get to that later. Mm. Once I'm through the transition. Once I'm yes. through the transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you don't realize is it's actually working inside of you too, mm. a personal transition to take you to the next chapter of your leadership. Mm. 
for leaders listening, what does it feel like or people listening who, you know, wondering if they're in a transition, what does it feel like to be in a transition? Ooh. Um, <clears throat> there's several different characteristics, but the inability to focus, the lack of energy to, to move on, mm. that sense of um, how come everything I used to try that work is no longer working, mm. that sense of discouragement that um, I may not ever get out of this hole, mm. that sense of understanding that, you know what, in the midst of all of this, um, God is doing a deeper work. Mm. I'd rather not him do the deeper work. I'd rather him continue to use me externally. Mm. So they don't want to go to a new place with him. Mm. So resonant inside of us is this kind of restlessness. Mm. And that restlessness it makes you feel like you're in a bubble. Yeah. But everyone else is sorting it out or going on, and I'm staying here. Mm. Mm. That's what I, in the name of the book, I'm stuck. Yeah. That kind of, I'm a fish in the fishbowl. Everyone's looking at me, but mm. they're all going on. Mm. That's often some of the key feelings around transition. So almost a sense of isolation? Uh, it's total isolation. And mm. isolation processing sometimes kicks off a transition. Negative preparation kicks off a transition. What's that? Yeah. A bad thing happening to a good person. Mm. 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 Ministry conflict can kick off mm. a, a transition mm. where God's using that conflict to actually start to highlight, you know what? Mm. There's some, if you're going to make it, there's some deeper work we got to do. Mm. Mm. It's not just all bad, though. Sometimes mm. it's actually great success, and the person begins to go, Oh no, now what? How do I keep this going? How do we yeah. repeat this? Yes. How to actually grow this? Yes. Mm. All of that restlessness starts to actually bring us into a cycle that a transition typically goes through. I'm just not going to pause, but recognize that probably there's a lot of people listening going, mm. oh man, is yeah. that me? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we often joke, like, I had someone. You know, I've had multiple people say, like, you know, we'll often say, oh, you may be running in the park now and stopping and, or, you know, like, yeah. like I'm just guessing that it's probably <laughs> people driving cars at the gym, doing chores at home who are like, oh, they just put language to, to yeah. what I'm, I'm feeling. Um, the, the classic almost model of what we think ministry success looks like in our minds, because it looks like the culture is, Person who enters into ministry, preferably young, because our culture likes youth mm -hmm. and has mm -hmm. incredible gifts and natural talents, the right place, the right time, does it all right, looks all great, broadcasts that to the world and success, success, success. Right. And um, uh, that's really the complete opposite of what you're saying. Um, also, I'm just thinking... Um, uh, I have numerous questions. I'm sure you've got some. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I'm fine. Sorry. Go for it. Do it at once. Um, I'm also sensing that I wonder if um, we're here. Like, okay, so we've talked before on here. Okay, here's my point. I think that it's so right. You're saying that it's not just leaders going through it, which I'm sure you, you've you've right. helped leaders through this yep. for four years. Yep. But it's the culture, right? You know, there's been this conversation around the great, you know, after COVID, the great resignation. Right. Then there was quiet quitting. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked the other week about the great resentment, you know, mm. all this frustration coming out. What does it look like when you're a leader and you're in transition, but you're leading 
people who are also in a kind of mass transition. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. And I think this is one contributor to the burnout yeah. issue that's happening. All over the place, I hear leaders struggling with. I don't have the energy. And and hopefully, without giving an answer how you do it, but hopefully maybe just knowing that's probably what you're feeling. You're feeling that not only is the culture in a transition, it has thrown me into a transition. Mm. So the enormity or the the impact is felt in leaders in far greater ways than, than the follower mm. because it's put them in a transition. Mm. So one of the things that um, helps with the transition, it has a name. In other words, to acknowledge the fact that not only is the culture in transition, I'm in a transition and many of you are in a transition. Mm. So let's actually normalize mm. that we're in this in-between period of time. Mm. Let's, tr let's for a while quit trying to figure out, now this is the hard part, what it looks like on the other end, what the forms all need to now say, mm. and how about we choose to get all we can out of this moment and go deeper with God. Mm. In other words, chase him in new ways. Mm. Quit trying to chase the answer, mm. chase him mm. and let him do a deeper work in us. Mm. Because if he doesn't do a deeper work in us, we're not going to do a wider work for him. So they're tied together. And if, if we can almost, it's almost like a ruthless honesty. Mm. Let's just be honest. I'm going to be on. I don't know where we're, where mm. we're going. Mm. I don't know what it's all doing to me, mm. but I do know one thing. If we travel together, we can better do what I think the key is right now, gain voice recognition. What is Jesus really saying? Mm -hmm. Before we try to figure out what it all means, what is he saying? What's he doing in us? Mm. Because in all renewal movements and everything, it always mm. is personal renewal. Yes before it is corporate change. Yes. Mm. So I tell leaders, listen, it's time to be honest. Not everybody's going to like that. No. And and everybody's going to be clamor for, you know, tell us what we're going to do about it. How mm. about first off, we decide what he's, he's saying to us mm. about us, mm. and then let's decide what it might mean as we try to help them. Mm. Does... Does this also for you account? I mean, it's interesting. Like one thing that I've just noticed is I've traveled and we've had people write us lots of emails to, to rebuilders is there's been this great moving of people yep. in the church. So we saw yep. that in the culture where people like move to the beach or move cities or whatever. Um, but we've also seen this almost like I was in I was in one city and they said basically 30% of every church has moved to all the other yep. churches and churches swapping yep. people. Mm. Um and all over the place. Yeah, so that you're seeing that too. Oh, totally. Yeah. In the U.S., absolutely. A third is gone, a third is moving, and a third are ruthlessly trying to hang on. That's interesting. And also, one thing I'm seeing as well, you got some churches yeah who've lost a third, so like mm -hmm. we're 30% down or whatever. Is a third 30%? I, what, Close. Thirty-three. 33.33. It's interesting too, hearing some other churches like, oh, we've had lots of new people come, which is great, but they're like, well, they're not really giving – they don't want to yep. volunteer. Yep. They're just coming every three weeks. And they're finding a new church where they can sort of do that. Um, what you're saying is effectively the answer to all of that is actually an internal 
thing yes. in the leader. Yes. And that's that's being hit with resistance. No, no, no. Answer. Hmm. Not not uh surrender. Give me the answer. Hmm. No, the answer is surrender. Hmm. That is not going over excitingly well hmm. for every person. Hmm. Because that answer of surrender means God doing using this time to do a new work in me. Yes. Yeah, but yes. you don't understand. I've got to do this and I've yes. got kids that are doing this and I got wonder yes. about that and everything mm. like that. And so but if you look, that's how God does it. Every time God moves in, he moves in first on the people. Mm. And I was hearing, you know, in our the renewal time that we had last night here at mm. church, mm. Uh, with you, the reality is that Revival and renewal is about people. It's not, mm. we think it's about structures and forms. It's mm. about the people. Mm. And when the people get renewed, then they have mm. new eyes and new courage to do something with the structures. Mm. So for years, we've actually trained ourselves that you can change the church and therefore that will change the people. Mm. No, no. You change mm. the people who in the end will have the courage to really change the church. Mm. And that backwards, forwards kind of thing in America especially is, you know, let's just hold on, do the same thing, do it better. All mm. of that type of things is actually holding back a new work of God. Mm. Mm. And and so leaders have to be courageous to lose. Wait a minute, Terry, I've already lost people. You're talking about I could be losing more people? You could. In mm. route to mm. you being different, your people doing different mm. so that we can now minister in a different day. Mm. And that's what transitions do. Transitions actually bring us mm. to a place where we value and mm. we do different things based upon the new work God's done inside mm. of us. Mm. You only need new wineskins if new wine comes. Well, what mm. if new wine comes? Mm. You're going to need some new wineskins. Although mm. mm. well, that period of time we're in right now, I believe he's moving in to do a new work. Mm. So it's going to require first us to have that ability to stay strong yes. in the midst of even losing the marks of success that we've had for the last 40 years. Mm. 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 I'm, I'm wondering on this, uh, based on sort of the, the age breakdown you roughly yep. gave at the beginning, the 20 to 30 for awakening, 40 to 50 for deciding and um, sort of 60 onwards for finishing. I understand that I guess a lot of people that are, might be experiencing this transition are a millennial generation. A yep. lot of these are our listeners. Yep. Um, how, and you're, you're talking about, you know, wanting to get the most out of a transition. Right. What does it actually look like without necessarily getting specific and practical um what does it actually look like to get the most out of out of a transition yeah um, wow. good question good question yeah. i think it it actually depends on the transition that you're in sure in the awakening is how am i going to live my life mm. but i think most of our listeners have gone through that one but but it's that middle one mm. Mm. And in that middle one, when you get to the late 30s, mid-30s, late 30s, something starts to happen where you start to ask this question, am I doing it? Is this it? 
Is this what I'm supposed to do? Mm. Is it actually ever going to make sense for me? Will I ever fully understand mm. what my unique part is in the grand narrative or not? Mm -hmm. And if we just take that one, for example, that would be the deciding transition, then <clears throat> it has two components to it. Mm -hmm. It has going after God in new ways. So get all you can for them means start to recognize that even the, the patterns and the rhythms that you use probably are going to need to be enhanced mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and changed, new sacred rhythms, new mm -hmm. ways of chasing him. And it's probably also going to mean, when you get all you can out of it, to understand that of all the things I could do, mm. what should I be doing? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Of all the things that, that are out there that need to be done, mm. that I get trapped into, what are the few things he's uniquely gifted me to do? Mm -hmm. And getting all you can is... Chasing after, Lord, what is it that, what are the good works which you have authored before time began for me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm not talking about narcissism, building all around mm -hmm. you. What I am talking about, though, is recognizing it goes from a, in America, we have the big searchlights, you know, in the mm -hmm. city, mm -hmm. to all the way down to now it's got to go down to the flashlight or the torch. Mm-hmm. Mm and, and we recognize there's a lot of good things in the future mm. I am not going to do. Mm. Hmm. Mm. En route to the key things he has created me to do. Mm. Mm. And being willing to, to dive in and pray, but especially review your life to date. Mm. Think about what it is, he, how he's used you. Those mm. moments when actually he's really moved in. That's what I mean by getting all you can. So it's mm. getting all you can by going to new practices mm. and getting all you can by going after greater clarity. Yeah. Mm. That takes some time. Mm. That's not a quick thing. That takes some time. Mm. And when people have the courage to go after it, he wants to tell us more than we want to know. Mm. Mm. How about that for a little ditty, huh? He yeah. wants to tell us more than we want to know because here's the final thing. It's going to require choices. Mm. Yeah. It's going to require you doing even some things that used to give you a lot of quote unquote kudos or success, but now in the future could distract you from doing the few things he really wants you to do. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is that close? Is that helpful? That's, that's really helpful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that, like, you, you're hitting home pretty, pretty well, I'm sure. Would you say he's hitting a home run? <laughs> am I, am I oh, hitting he, a six? He's hitting, hitting a six home run. Yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. um, I imagine this requires a lot of dying to self in that kind of that honing process because mm. you're saying no to things which you feel like you've yep. you've had to control. Yep. Um, but as God's asking you to hone that, you're kind of relinquishing control yes, and not necessarily not, not, you're not sure what happens with those right. things you're saying no to, but um, I suppose is like, is this where God goes, I've got this kind of thing in those things you're saying no to, or what do you think? Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and this is the moment in time too, where you realize that probably by doing too much, I've actually held off other people, Doing things. Hmm, hmm. 
and probably by doing too much, and this is going to hurt, but I, I could have been doing some of these things out of ambition, hmm. not alignment. Mm. Yeah. Okay. When I align, it means I'm not going to be everything to every person. And as I align, I've got to realize that maybe the things we were doing even were good things, but he he's not asking us to do them right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the things I say mm. about this is the prize of surrender is revelation. Mm. If you're willing to surrender, he can reveal. Mm. And that process of surrender is very painful, very hard, gone through it. And yet the reality is it starts to show you what he's at work doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask too, like often in that, like when you're younger and mm. perhaps you're part of a crew of different people, perhaps you leave a seminary, perhaps there's people at church, perhaps there's people in your city and you're sort of moving together and, yep. and it essentially can be swept along with the energy and yep. the peer, peerhood, is that a word? Yep. Peers, with your peers. Peerhood. That's peerhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's when you get a knighthood, isn't it? Is it a peerhood? Anyway. <laughs> keep going. Um, yeah. uh, so you're going with a group of friends, but then one thing I've noticed too is you get to that sort of 30s and all of a sudden not everyone's coming with you. Yep. Mm. And, and I even wonder as well, like, is part of this transition so that that's normally a dynamic and i think for people who I've, this is me observing um that also around that dynamic now is that if you look at the education system you know as it has been it's very much like how do we all contribute together how do mm. we yeah if we're all together it's good if yep. someone's sticking out it's bad you're doing something wrong so almost when all of a sudden you start to feel isolated or hang on my peers aren't coming with me or I'm having to raise up above, yep. you know, uh, that can be a sort of death to self. So it's it's maybe less, I think you're right, in past generations where it's like maybe I don't do everything mm-hmm. and let other people have a go. I'm wondering if now for in that, that 30s yep. stage it's actually, well, now it's actually me stepping away. It's not so much letting others have a go. It's me actually stepping forward into what God is calling me uniquely to. Right. And that's not connected to the others around me. It's just what he's calling me to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why sometimes, you know, this idea of being self-defined, this idea of being able to understand that I've got to grow in my awareness of who I am and then make choices related to that um, is oftentimes a lonely experience, a hard experience, a Mm. difficult experience. and. And one of the things, obviously, your audience is all over the world, but one of the things I think this, for you who are Australian, this makes this even more difficult because that rising above, mm. that almost distinguishing to, not because of better, just mm. clarity in terms of who you really are, mm. um, actually then becomes countercultural to yeah. the, you know that issue of, how dare you rise above us? We all must travel together, kind of, yeah. you know, and that tall poppy thing. So yeah. bottom line is, I think for any culture, that's difficult. Yes. Every culture has its challenges yeah. with that. Every generation has its challenges with it. The mm. collaborative leader, I think, ha- is a very important, even new model for some where we need to go. But also we need to see that collaborative does not mean all the same. Yes. It means uniqueness working together in the context of community. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
And just to add to, I think, you know, I think what we've learned on this podcast is that other countries have tall poppy and New Zealand and yep. Scandinavia yep. and Ireland yep. and. Um, well, and yeah. even America, even mm. though, you know, it's our brash Americans out mm. there, you know, we love it. We honor John Wayne. All of that mm. thing is true. But I also watch it happening, especially when leaders and even in smaller churches try to lead. Yes. You know, there's a defined culture that yeah. basically says nobody leads here. Yes, yes. You know, nobody goes out ahead yeah. of where we want them to go kind of a deal. Yeah, so. totally. So for those who are listening, who find themselves, you know, and that's a lot of our audience, I think you're just, just probably describing yeah. where they're at, describing the moment. Um, what are some practical first steps? Hmm. Um, and in some ways, just also add, you know, we've talked a lot about grey zone. Um, yep. And I think that grey zone is what you're describing. Yep, grey zone is a cultural transition between eras. Um if you're going through a transition, you're leading in grey zone in a cultural transition, what's some just initial starting steps mm. that you would yeah. say to people? Yeah, yeah, good. I, I think this sounds obvious, but we don't get to clarity alone. Mm. Mm. And every person in a transition feels isolated. Uh, by the way, just knowing it has a name sometimes just helps. Yeah. But, but really part of leadership development is this idea of both the need for processing and response. Mm. And having somebody, a coach, somebody along with you. By the way, coaching pulls it out, mentoring puts it in. So let's def kind of make sure we're not talking about traveling with somebody who has all the answers. Traveling with somebody who can help you process, mm. help you better hear God's voice that's not going to try to solve you or solve it, mm. but help you learn what God's at work doing. Mm. Premium, mm. premium. The people who make it through the transition and get all they can usually have walked with somebody else. Yes, yes. That's the first thing. Second thing is understand that just by its very nature, our transition is going to take some time. So grant yourself and grace yourself. Mm. Grant yourself that ability to understand that. Grace yourself that, that this will take some time. Mm. I'm not disobedient. I'm not mm. going against God. I'm not, you know, bad person or anything like that. Mm. It's just going to take some time. So mm. grant and grace. Grant yourself the being normal and also um, grace yourself. And then probably the third thing is understand that as you go through the transition, a transition has various stages to it. Okay. Probably the biggest part of a transition is what I is kind of I describe it as around a circle kind of wheel or whatever, but it's that time when all of a sudden you're evaluating and you're aligning. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think, okay, I evaluated where I'm at, I'm aligning with God, I get the goodies. Yeah. <laughs> no, oftentimes it goes back then to more evaluation. Mm. and more alignment mm. and more evaluation and more alignment. You feel like you're mm. drowning underneath the current mm. of confusion. And know this, just about the time you're absolutely clear this is never going to end, that's when it probably ends. Mm. And God starts to take you now and connect the dots, lead you to mm. um, what he has for you. Mm. And yet know this, mm. it's going to require faith to go to the new place. Mm. Yeah. There will be a faith challenge at mm. the end. Mm. Well, why in the world then would I want to 
go through all that because now you're convinced God mm. has led you there. Mm. And you were willing to step into the new based upon the time you invested mm. um, to process the past. It's, um, I just drew a little circle in my notes here because it reminded me of something. Um, I think it's James Chong and Ryan Pfeiffer in their book on, on revival and renewal have this point. They've got a similar circle. It's really? like a big renewal yeah. sort of thing. And they have this point where I, can't, I think it's like test of faith or something where, yeah, I just thought of it when you said it, like you get to this point where you do all the right things and mm -hmm. you get to this point like it's not happening. Yep. <laughs> and it's like that's the extra pushing through point it just before it comes. It just I just thought of that because at that point, I think there's a lot of exit ramps. Yep. Um, I just also just uh, and so with that as background, you said something really interestingly uh, to us as a team when mm. you were with us recently, where you said transition doesn't mean necessarily a vocational or physical change. Right. Whereas I feel like there's a whole catalogue of options that our world gives us. Like oh, I've tried to push it and it didn't work, so I'm going to move cities. I'm going to move jobs. I'm going to do this. Ooh. I'm going to yep. dye my hair. You know, whatever, you know, like <laughs> like something to change. Just, yeah, love you to talk into that what, temptation. the dyeing the hair or the no, – Sorry, no, sorry that was a little strange. Uh, feel free to dye your hair if you want yeah. to. Uh, don't dye your hair if you All think right. that's going to put you in spiritual yeah. transition. Um, yeah, like yeah. what – yeah, just that because I feel like probably there's a lot of people we've all been shaped by the culture of immediacy who sure. who have been like, okay, well, I felt this starting to hit. Like I've been listening to Rebuilders, and you know, we started listening in 2020, and you know, I was like, yep. it is now three years later, pandemic, yep. you know, cultural change. I've been going through it. Yeah, off ramps. Yeah. Well, how about two things? One, transitions are not vocational; they're developmental. So that's the first thing. That's the that's thing you really heard good. me say. Mm -hmm. yeah. Transitions are not primarily about our vocational assignment. Yes. They're about us moving to the next stage in our development. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes it does mean a net change in what I call the delivery vehicle or the mm. job or the ministry mm. assignment. Mm. But primarily they're about us taking a new person or a new work of God in us to the situation that we're in. Mm. So that that's the first thing. The off-ramps that happen sometimes, though, is right in the middle of this surrender alignment mm. uh, period of time. Um, it is uncanny, both the opportunities, the options, mm. or even the distractions that come, because mm. people sometimes want to jump out right there. Mm. It's never going to end. I'm done. Yeah. All right. And you, and we've got them floating all mm. around out there. Mm. Another time people will will say to it, okay, it's not happening, so they mm. wander away, and it's mm. more of a distraction. It's more of a mm. stuff that they get into mm. a little bit. And sometimes it's medication, and mm. they, they get into all sorts of different things. I'm not talking mm. just about drugs. I'm talking about relationships mm. and everything mm. that take them away. And a third response sometimes, even in the midst of, okay, they either leave or they go away, they plateau. Mm. They arrest in their development. Yeah. Mm. They lock it in. They mm. won't go to a new place with God. Mm. Sometimes they think they're punishing God by doing that. Mm. Mm. Wow. They're actually going, well, you know, yeah. if you're not going to give me the answer, then I'm not going to go any deeper. Yes, yes. What yes. do you think about that? Mm. Almost this bargaining with God. Mm. Mm. So those are the off-ramps that people often take as mm. opposed to chase him, mm. 
go after him. Terry's not talking. I know, go after him. A lot mm. of people hit the wall that period of time when he seems to not talk. Why mm. is that happening? He wants to know how bad you want to know. Mm. And in those moments, it's that going after him that actually then creates that opportunity mm. to get all you can out of the transition. Mm. Mm. That's really good. Mm. Mm. Well, I imagine that this is hitting a chord um, mm. with or striking a chord with many of you. Uh, I know it is for me. Um, yeah, so thank you, Terry, for your insights. Sure. If uh, you're listening and you're like, this is the beginning of a conversation and I do not know where to go from here, uh, there's a number of resources that are actually really helpful um, through Terry's organisation, Leader Breakthrough, which is leaderbreakthroughthru.com. Um, bunch of resources um, on there and even um, the ability to connect with coaches through that organisation. Uh, highly recommend the book Stuck, which mm. uh, helps navigate the notion of transitions um, when you are feeling, as the title suggests, stuck. Mm. Uh, and there's also the Leader Breakthrough podcast. Right. Mm. But, yeah, just want to say, Terry, that it's um, so deeply helpful to have this stuff articulated but also mm. I know for me um, that it will end. Yes. Um, mm. to, to even have you say, this is a period of time that will end Yeah. Um, in those moments that it feels like it definitely won't. They're really um, good. Yeah. They do come to an end. Yeah. Mm. Really good. And you then you have what you have. Yeah. Which you're willing to go after. So yeah. They do. And yeah. when they do, you, that's the net result then of getting all you can. Mm. Yeah. It's mm. good. Yeah. So thank you. You bet. Um, mm. We may even be able to squeeze one more episode while you're mm. here. Mm. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. Mm. Thanks for being with us, Terry. All right.